This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms of preteens, teens, and young adults. My mission is to first and foremost support and encourage you, mom, so that you can live well and reclaim your life. Two, this show will help you have the best possible relationships with your teens so that you can communicate, motivate, and guide them effectively and actually enjoy them. And third, I will bring you top-notch guests who will share the newest in adolescent research and trends so you can be prepared and aware of what your teens are facing today. Always you will leave each episode armed with practical parenting tips. Welcome back everyone to the 221st episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know I have a couple of openings for mom coaching. If you want a one-time consult or more sessions, just let me know. Reach out to me. You can email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com. So if you need help in some specific situations with your teen or college student, or if you just want to know how to reclaim your life, email me. I can help. You're going to really benefit from this episode. Why is it that 57% of our teen girls are struggling with persistent sadness? To answer this question, I brought in Dr. Ori, who is the author of What's Getting Into My Daughter, Seven Golden Rules for Helping Her Thrive Through the New Challenges of Young Womanhood. Dr. Ori Achanwa is best known as the health authority for a new generation. She has appeared on CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, eHealth Radio, and other well-known networks, media outlets, and panels to share her perspective on various health topics and lifestyle medicine. Thrive Global named her a female founder to watch, and she also received a Healthcare Innovation Award from United Healthcare. Outside of the clinic, Dr. Ori is active in several projects focused on the future of our collective well-being. 
the city of Dallas recognized her with the Community Service Award. And she also has been featured in Entrepreneur and Authority Magazine's Women and Wellness Series. Welcome, Dr. Ori. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes. So the first question I like to ask my guests is if you are a mom. I am not a mom at the moment. I'm currently going through the process of getting ready to be a mom. We're hoping in the next maybe two years it's going to happen. Okay. Well, that's a great answer. And so I know in the past year that you published a book called What's Getting Into My Daughter, Seven Golden Rules for Helping Her Thrive Through the New Challenges of Young Womanhood. Can you tell us a little bit about why you wrote this book? Certainly. So I wrote the book when I was in residency and I was working with uh, teenagers and parents in the maternal and child health department of a hospital. And I just noticed that teens have a lot of questions that they don't get answers to. And I started creating these classes where teens can have these open discussions, not just about puberty and body changes, but also their relationships are changing with their friends. Obviously, we know about that one, but also with their parents. So they didn't really have a forum to talk about that. In the process of having those kind of classes, parents started getting interested. Can I ask you this quick question? I'm having this problem with my daughter. We don't seem to be connecting. I'm not exactly sure how I can relate to her. We used to be so close, but now I know she's going through something, but she kind of shuts the door. How do I really be there for her? So I saw the need that parents also wanted to understand their children more, obviously, but there was some type of barrier there. And coming from a research background, we have been looking into some of the social changes and just globalization, how our world has changed. This is about pre-COVID too. So our world has changed more after COVID. And since these changes have happened, think about how social media has made us an interconnected, global, 24-7, always on society. Since those changes have happened, we really haven't reevaluated adolescent development. And those factors really did change things for our young people. Our young people don't have guidelines on how to operate within those conditions. And as parents coming up in a different generation, we don't have those. We don't really understand the impact that it's having in our children's lives. So I wrote What's Getting Into My Daughter. At first, I was going to write a book that was just all children. When I started going to the research, girls are having their own developmental struggles as well as boys. So I had to keep it separate. So it was my way of bringing what we know in the public health and medical sciences into parental knowledge at this time period where it's really needed. Because before we really start getting into the impact of what social media and COVID and globalization has done for adolescent development, our kids will be having kids. There's always that delay in research. I thought a book was the best way to bring that knowledge forward. Yeah. Awesome. You have seven golden rules for helping her thrive through these new challenges. Before we get into some of the golden rules, what are some of the new challenges that you feel that these girls are facing? Yeah. Where do we begin with them? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. One I would say is the culture that girls now live in. So in today's culture, 
girls are really pushed to be on display all the time. They are really pushed to be hot and desirable and sexy when they are still in pigtails. They get this messaging delivered to them in very subtle ways from the time that they're in elementary school. And by the time that they become tweens and teens, that conditioning that this is what it means to be a woman, to be feminine, to be considered a girl in today's culture, by the time they get to an age where they can start thinking about it, they're already none to the conditioning. And they think, I have to be this way in order to be accepted. So girls really go through this time where their intrapersonal development just gets closed. And everything that they focus on is on the exterior. It's all their superficials. It's basically what society wants of them. So our girls are constantly running behind. What do other people want me to be? How do I need to look, feel, and think to satisfy what everyone else wants? And they neglect, who am I? What do I need? What do I feel is good or bad? Where do I want to fit in? When we were growing up, we were close to the outside world until a certain age. And as we become older girls, we became more mature. And then the world was opened up a little bit more and a little bit more for us. So our development coincided with how much exposure we got into the world. Mm. So we were ready to handle those pressures. Mm. But in today's world, girls are exposed to the whole world and everything about it as soon as they learn how to log in. That can be Mm -hmm. at the age of six or seven. That can be at the age of 10 or 12. So they're not emotionally ready for everything that they're exposed to, but they see the cues that they must fall in line with it. So they're constantly chasing behind it, not really understanding what it is, but knowing I must fit into it by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think, okay, all they need is just a message of, oh, be beautiful, be your type of beauty. But then there's a little subtle message behind that. Be your type of beautiful, as long as it fits with what we say is beautiful, because look, you need to look like one of our models. So Mm -hmm. there's always this kind of like double-edged sword that girls are trying to find, where do I fit in? Mm. What's right? What's wrong? Mm -hmm. Should I be? Should I not be? That's just one aspect of it. And for this generation of girls, they are taught from an early age, they need to be good. They need to be competitive. They need to be the best. But don't ever show that you're the best. Don't ever look competitive. But you need to be all of those things. That's confusing. Oh, yes. And it's even more so confusing because girls have unwritten rules of girlhood. And they use it to police one another's behavior. We hear those little cute words like, oh, flawless, fierce, slay. That's how girls police each other's behavior telling each other you need to fit in to these feminine roles that we're being pressured to be put into. And in today's generation, it's really turned into competition among girls to outdo each other, to fit into these very narrow stereotypes of what it means to be a woman today. They're actually trying to outdo each other. That's where all that slay and fierce and savage and flawless comes in. They're policing each other's behavior to be in alignment with these pressures that really no one can meet. Ooh, I like how you're seeing things. You have a really good perspective on this. So what does policing look like between girls? Policing can take on many forms. One way that 
girls do that is to be a girl from a very young age, your topic is supposed to be cute and sweet and nice. So let's say that there's two girls and one has a conflict with the other person. Now, conflict is not always negative. It takes on a negative connotation. But a conflict is just, oh, maybe you took my pencil and I need to ask for it back. I'm not just going to let you walk away with it. That's what you're supposed to do, not just let that go. So the girl who had her pencil taken can walk up to the other girl and say, excuse me, but that pencil in your hand, it's mine. You took it off my desk. Can I have it back? That's what we want our daughters to do. Mm-hmm. However, in girlhood, the girl who's asking for her pencil back, she's the troublemaker. She's stirring up the waters of calm and peace. Mm. So what the other girl would do who has a pencil, she might start crying mm. or she might point out something that the other girl did. Well, last week you took so-and-so's book and you didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. again, that's how they police each other's behavior that you're supposed to be cute and nice. You're not supposed to cause problems. You're supposed to be all of these things. All right. Any other new challenges for young women? We can talk about the cyber bubble. What's that doing to young girls? (laughs) This is always an interesting topic and one that everyone wants to talk about. Like, what are they really doing with all that screen time? What's happening behind that? And that's one area that I really encourage parents to explore with their children when they are online. Where are they going? What are they doing? I had this story when I was in clinical practice. I think this was about 2013 or so. I had this young lady, her father actually brought her in and he said, you know what? My daughter's just always kind of leaving the family circle. After we eat dinner, she goes straight to her room. When we're all in the living room, she's somewhere with her phone. And I just wanted to know, like, why is she so connected to her phone and disconnected from us? So when we started talking and we got to the bottom of it, it turns out that she was not feeling very social. She wasn't feeling like she fit in. Of course, that's normal part of adolescence. So instead of bringing this to a parent's attention, a counselor's attention, somewhere where she can productively work towards becoming more vibrant and social in a way that she felt comfortable. Instead, what she did is she created an online profile of who she wished she was in real life. So she Mm. was living between two dualities, her life in real time, Mm. which she was kind of reserved and shy and introverted. And then her life online, where she was this kind of wildflower. It's not just a little step up from who she was in real life, but she went to a polar extreme. Mm. Mm. So the work for her was helping her find a balance between the two. Mm, Yeah. And because she really created this online persona and you get your followers and you're built into a community, for her, it was really hard to pull her away from what in her mind was a real life online because they don't separate the two. To us, you live your life in person. There's a couple things going on online, but push comes to shove. Whatever's happening in real life, it's going to take precedence and that's where I'm focusing. But for our young people, what's happening in real life is as equally important as what's happening online. So it was really hard to pull her away from that world she created online and to bring her back into just real time so we can work on, okay, you're introverted. It's fun. Let's teach you how you're going to operate in life as an introvert. 
let's show you how you can feel more comfortable mm-hmm. in social circles that you seem to be pulling yourself away from. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to what you're talking about, the interpersonal versus the intrapersonal. The comparison that you can create this kind of false persona over the online world, but you're not being able to develop those inner skills that you need to know yourself. Absolutely. And that's really becoming harder for girls because their lives are commercialized from a very, very young age. If you go to the department store these days, if you look at the women's section and the girls and the junior section, their section looks like a mini version of ours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they are commercialized from such a very young age that all they see is I'm supposed to be on display. I'm supposed to please. I'm supposed to satisfy. Okay. But you're supposed to also build yourself. You're supposed to know who you are. If you ask a young woman, I always tell parents to do this exercise with their daughters. And I get really surprising answers from parents. Just as you're maybe in the kitchen or maybe you're driving her to soccer practice or so, ask her to define herself in one sentence. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And one parent told me, she said he was waiting and he was waiting. So he took another route around the soccer field just to try to slow things down. Like, give me an answer before I let you out the car. <laughs> and, and so that's, that's a really good exercise just to see where she is. As we talk about what's happening with girls today, I don't want all parents to feel, my daughter's in crisis. Oh my goodness. I want you to understand that this is what the majority of girls are experiencing. Get a feel of where your daughter stands mm-hmm. so you know how to best help her. So that exercise will give you an idea of how your daughter sees herself. A lot of girls are going to give you a one-dimensional answer. I'm nice. A lot of people like me. And you want to watch out for that. Is she going to describe her superficials? Oh, I'm prettier than average. I have this really cute curly hair. I'm really athletic. People like me. Everybody wants me to be their friend. So they're outward facing. They're focusing on pleasing others. They're focusing on what they have that society wants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to listen for those. You want your daughter to give a multidimensional definition of herself. I'm smart. I'm funny. I'm a pretty girl. I'm nice. I'm really curious about the space and exploration. You want her to give this very multidimensional definition of herself that gives you an indication of healthy development. If you do hear your daughter give, unfortunately, not the answer that she would have liked, that just gives you cues for where you can start emphasizing with her. A lot of this is because girls are not hearing it. Mm -hmm. When we compare it to boys, girls are not hearing what's good about them other than what society wants from girls. If a parent walks in with a son and a daughter, a stranger comes up to them and compliments the family, they're going to tell the son, oh, look, you're so clever. You're so sharp. You're so fast. Something about his abilities, right? So boys learn from an early age. Okay, so the world likes me because I have these abilities, these capabilities. So they focus on that. They develop that because they learn that's what the world wants for them. When the stranger compliments your daughter or the girl, they're going to say, oh, you're so cute. You're such a nice girl. You're so sweet. Mm -hmm. So girls learn, I better be quiet still and just look pretty. Right. So when you hear that, Then you want to come back and say, oh, but you're also very clever. You're smart. 
you're also funny. You want to also add in those other aspects of your daughter Mm -hmm. that wasn't Mm -hmm. emphasized because that's all they hear. And then when they watch media and they see these girls, the pop stars, the movie stars, the influencers, that their PR companies promote to them as their role models, they see that they have the status because they are sweet and cute and nice all the time. And hot. Of course, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I'm going to just repeat it for moms. This would be a great thing to do. And just with both of your kids, with your son or your daughter, just in one sentence, how would you define yourself? And that's like a great little assessment tool. Yes. Just to know where they are in their thinking. Yeah. And it just helps you know, where do I need to fill in? And I think that's the biggest challenge. We never know what we need to do until a crisis happens. Why do we have to wait until a crisis mm-hmm. before we jump in? And it goes to the reason why I couldn't just write a book that was just children or just teens. I had to mm-hmm. separate boys from girls because mm-hmm. when a boy, a male is having a problem, especially during those tween and teen years where they're learning to control their emotions, <laughs> they're going to do something that gives you a big red flag or maybe a white flag <laughs> <laughs> that you better pay attention to me. Something is happening. Get over here because they're going to unfortunately punch a hole through the wall. <laughs> they're going to have an outburst. Boys are going to have some kind of outburst. They're going to knock over a shelf. <laughs> right. So they give you the warning sign, like something is happening with me, intervene now. Right. But girls, again, have been socialized since the time that they were in pigtails, that you should be cute and sweet and nice. Even if they try to say something, we say, right. So girls take it inward. When they're having problems, they take it onto themselves. They go, they basically curl up. They basically punish themselves. Look for signs. I might be extreme here. If your daughter starts wearing sweaters, hoodies, and it's, I don't know, summer weather, that's a time to start looking. Again, please forgive me, anyone who might think that I'm just kind of being polarizing, but you want to check, is she harming herself? Because we have found that before. When they start wearing clothes that don't really align with the weather, you want to look for those kind of signs. You want to see why she's spending so much time in her room? Oh, I just need a nap. Why are you so tired? Why aren't you getting to sleep at night? Are you right. like, I go to sleep before you log on to social media with a hashtag in front of very innocent words, like, I don't know, collar or bones. Girls can get sucked into these communities that to us, we don't know what they are because we didn't grow up with all of this. Right. But it's very simple. And of course, these kids are savvy and they're smart. It's a smart generation. They can get themselves into all kinds of groups that can really encourage them. Behaviors that come to me, let's talk about it. Let me help you through it. But instead, they're going to same age peers to counsel each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of their biggest issues, this um, generation. They go to each other for guidance. Right. So they spread misinformation. When we were young, when we had problems, we went to grandma. We mm-hmm. went to big brother and sister. Mm-hmm. We went to the old lady down the street who will talk to you for like half a day and give you a popsicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we went to someone with wisdom or direction. Right. They go to each other or they go to their influencers. Yeah, they are starting to go to their influencers. Mm-hmm. I've been a marriage and family therapist for 30 years. Okay. And my daughter is 27. 
And so I see this up close and personal. And just to agree with what you're saying, what I've seen, especially since I've been practicing for 30 years, is I've seen Mm -hmm. lots of changes, you know, and what the research says, and I know you know this, is, and especially for these girls and what you said about going inward, is the high, high levels of anxiety and depression. I would add a message to what you're saying. And the message is you have to be perfect. Oh, that's the flawless. The flawless. Yeah, you have to be perfect. Like you have to do it all and you have to do be it amazing. But not like you're saying, the subtleties of this message is not for your own development and that you feel good about it. It's so that other people will approve of you. Yes, absolutely. There is a researcher, I believe a, a clinical psychiatrist from UC Berkeley, and he's coined that the triple bind that girls have to be all things sweet and cute and nice and everything male characteristic, rough and tough. And then the third is that they have to do it flawlessly without acting like it's too much or without showing that they're too good either way. Yes. And my main work with moms and my two books of Dial Down the Drama and Dial Up the Dream is really about for you moms of how to stay connected with your teens Mm -hmm. and how to have these conversations and how not to be the enemy and how not to kind of keep passing on these messages. Because as moms, we feel like we have to be perfect. And so we pass that down. So you have some golden rules. And I want to know what some of your golden rules are. Right. So in line with what you just mentioned, one of the biggest tips, especially for moms, is when your daughter comes to you with a problem, is Mm -hmm. to first listen and do everything you can to let her get it all out. One thing that I hear a lot of my coaching is, I'm not going to tell my mom because she's not listening anyway. I was like, well, how do you know? Well, she interrupts me all the time before I even finish. She's already saying things. And I was like, yep, that would be the definition of not listening. I can even argue that. So do everything you can. Sit on your hands if you have to. And just let her get it all out. She's going to tell you some things that are going to be alarming, but you want it going to you. You want whatever she's going through coming to you. You want to let her know that you're in her corner just to listen. You're going to have your time to redirect her and give her some tips and some advice that's going to come. But just let her get it all out. And also, especially for girls, girls, as we've been talking, their lives are so directed and they're trying to fit into what they think everybody else wants them to be. As she is trying to explain something to you, she's going to have her pauses because girls are having trouble communicating because they haven't had the time to develop that skill, just sit there and give her the time to get the words out. Don't finish her sentences. That's what we always do for them. (laughs) Jump right in. So that what we're doing is that we're directing their thoughts. We think that she was going here and we go ahead and say, because we think we're helping her move along, but probably she was going somewhere completely different. Mm -hmm. That's very wise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've had girls tell me this in coaching. So they just say, well, I just go with whatever she's, thinking and then I tell somebody else whatever else I wanted and that really mm-hmm. kind of hurts as a parent you thought you were trying to help but then you kind of cut it short yourself so yeah. that listening skill and that patience for her to get it out there that's going to be really helpful I encourage parents of my coaching clients find some kind of activity where you are of course you're always going to be mom the authority 
but you're kind of relaxed. There's times where you're going to do a little bit more jump at things that you see, but maybe when you two are washing each other's hair on Sunday, maybe when you're painting each other's nails on Wednesday night, that's a good time to have these conversations about what's really going on in your life. You're a little bit more relaxed. She's not seeing you as mom, the authority figure. She's seeing you as mom who I'm having a conversation with. So really setting up that relaxed environment that you and your daughter have that connection. And that's something, and remember your daughter's moving around. She's pretty mobile right now. So something as simple as washing each other's hair, painting each other's nails, cooking a meal together, very simple. And it's a bond. You can maintain tweens, teens, 20s. Your 30-year-old daughters still need this help and connection with you, just like mm-hmm. the tween girls do as well. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that parents can do right now because our girls are growing up in a generation where this generation of children aren't really connected to their family tree like we were. They're connected to a couple of people, but for the most part, they're forming their own culture. Mm-hmm. And we're still trying to understand in the world of social sciences is still trying to understand this culture that children are building, but it's built from their secondary and their tertiary relationships rather than their primary relationships, meaning mm-hmm. not the people who are around them in their lives, like mom, dad, uncle, aunt, but Blue Eyes 57, that's like my cousin because we tweet all the time. Good point. <laughs> yes, yes. So I see- that relationship is really important. Yeah, and I talk about that very similarly that moms we spend a lot of time in a I call it the monitor mom the manager we're monitoring them all the time and that 15 to 20 minutes a day just put that aside and just be present yeah the whole thing in terms of being relaxed that's the idea is when you're present and you're not Mm -hmm. up to any kind of agenda and you're just with them and I like the idea of the washing of the hair or whatever activity that -hmm. you're just with them you're not trying to change them, mold them, manage them, get them to do something. And going back to what you said in terms of listening, as a mom, I know how difficult this is, is a lot of times we have our agenda in our head. So our daughters are saying something and we're like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, but what you really need to do is study. And so whatever, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, but you need to do this. We aren't listening because our head is full of our own agendas. Right. So true listening, like you're saying, is not only not filling up the pauses, but it's just letting our agenda go. So we have mm-hmm. room to really hear what they say. And I know like with my daughter, like you said, a lot of times I didn't really exactly like everything that I heard my daughter say. But then you really do need to hear that because that's what they're really going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be scary for some parents to hear. Maybe they did something or maybe they reacted in a certain way that you don't approve of. I've taught you different. I've taught you better. But just think about this. Now you know what is going on and Mm -hmm. now you can redirect it. Okay. It's better Mm -hmm. to know what's really happening. Even some things are going to hurt. Some things are going to hurt. We can think back to our own childhoods. (laughs) That's going to be a part of it. But you rather it come to you. Mm-hmm. You rather know it now before there is a crisis. That was one thing that was really hard when I was back in adolescent medicine. I did that at the very, very beginning of my career was all of this. If I knew then what I know now, or if I would have picked up on that clue, then now my daughter wouldn't be in 
this situation. Mm-hmm. Just think your end goal is to help your child and give them the best guidance coming from home. It needs to come from home. It's coming too much from everywhere else but the home. And that's really the foundation that you want to build with your child. You want to start it right now when their problems are very minimal. I didn't get invited to a birthday party. It's sad, but a very minimal problem compared to some of the bigger things that are going to happen because you're building that trust and that bond. Mm -hmm. Something happens if you really go out in the world and you mess up, come here, we'll figure it out together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I like to tell the moms is, especially in this world of screens and social media, is they innocently end up in really terrible places. So to not think of your child as a bad kid, Mm -hmm. but that they are a curious kid. So if you hear this stuff, like, I'm not a failure as a mom, this kid's not ruined forever. They just need our help. Absolutely. And I think that parents put, especially moms, they put so much pressure on themselves for their child to do everything correctly. And you have to remember, you have such a role in their development. As a child gets older, unfortunately, and I know we don't like this, our influence goes down. It's this natural gradient that happens because now their source of influence gets wider than just their parents and their home. It's now their mm-hmm. friends and this generation. It's everything on the media as well, too. So you are not to blame by any misstep that your child has. And you also have to think about the normal adolescent developmental stages. Yes. One issue that I seem to be constantly getting emails and questions about is the sexuality of this generation of girls. The aggressive sexuality and the hookup culture and all of the above. And I had one parent tell me, well, it's because I'm trying to get back into a relationship. I still want my relationship. So I've been dating. Maybe it's because my daughter has seen me go through so many relationships and not having a constant father at home. And I tell her, there is also a component of her development that you need to think about when it comes to her, because she found her daughter sexually active. And during adolescence, there is a time where spiritual fulfillment and sexuality coincide. They start to develop at the same time. So when an adolescent has to enter that time and they haven't really found that spiritual fulfillment, they may cling on a little bit tighter to sexual fulfillment. It's because this is the point in adolescence when they're trying to find what fulfills my soul. So it's either going to be an emphasis on spiritual fulfillment or unfortunately, sexual fulfillment. So I told her, don't worry so much about what you have done, but think more what's missing at this particular juncture of her development that she's now clinging on to guys and sexuality a little bit more strongly than you would prefer. And that for her, that she didn't have any direction for spiritual fulfillment. Now, this one can come in the form of maybe religious practice. It can come in the form of having something that feeds your soul, maybe something, an activity that helps you to explore the deeper sides of you. Mm -hmm. That little part of her life, the young girl's life, wasn't developed. She just didn't get direction for that at that point. And the mom tells me, well, we don't really do church. We don't really talk about faith. We don't really talk about 
what the soul wants, the bigger reason for my life. So she started having those conversations with her daughter, the bigger purpose of your life. Why do you exist? What do you want to do? What impact do you want to make? And I didn't hear from her anymore. So I'm thinking that things went okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is really great. That's a really good way to frame it in terms of the spiritual and the sexual. I've Mm -hmm. seen that a lot. I did youth ministry for 10 years. So I have seen that. And the message I think for you moms, and then I want to get back to golden rules, that our kids are developing and they're not fully baked. They're not fully baked. And so we all know about the brains and the prefrontal cortex and that they are going to make emotionally immature decisions and not have perspective. And that's like normal and that's okay. And that's why you're there. All right. So let's get to golden rules. So give me at least one golden rule. So one golden rule that I think will be most beneficial is to help our daughters make happy harmony with themselves. I believe that's my golden rule number two. So make happy harmony. What I mean by that is for your daughter to start exploring every aspect of herself and who she is and find a way to get comfortable with what's good about her and the things that might not give such a good taste for her. So many times that I work with young girls, they want to ignore anything about themselves that is not to their liking. Helping her find comfort in that, okay, so I have this characteristic about myself. I'm very irritable when I have to work with a lot of people or something like that. Make happy harmony with that. You know that about yourself. How do I deal with it now? This is so they don't look at these little differences as a flaw, which is what the world wants them to look at it as. So that would be the biggest tip in my seven golden rules. That's number two is that happy harmony. You'll be surprised at how many girls ignore a certain part of themselves and look at those aspects as a negative, something I need to change, something I need to hide. And it goes back to not embracing your full self. As our girls continue to grow and they don't embrace their full selves, that only sets them up for dissatisfaction and everything. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely love this. So. If someone's listening and say, well, how do you do that? How do you help your girls have happy harmony? Right. So one activity, and a lot of this is activity-based because I'm really trying to encourage the connection between mothers and their daughters, especially, but also fathers and their daughters, especially. One thing that I would encourage you to do is to, you and your daughter, get a piece of paper and draw what you and your daughter draw, what you want your daughter to look like in the next 10 years or so, okay? So you say, well, here's a piece of paper. Can you draw yourself in 10 years? And you do the same. So she's going to draw herself and you're going to draw herself. Come back together maybe in 20 minutes and compare the illustrations. Many times she's going to give you a different version of what she sees for herself. And you're going to have a different illustration of what you see for her. And you start describing, well, how come you don't see yourself having these things? Or how come you only see this for yourself? Then those aspects of her that she likes or does not like, there's a conversation will start about that. And then there goes your opportunity to start nurturing those parts of her that she doesn't like. Okay, so you have this, but you don't have to look at it this way. My point is you never know how limiting they're making their view of themselves and their future. Mm -hmm. until you start asking questions 
and illustrations because this should start pretty young, but it doesn't matter. Start in the teen years. This is the best way to get that conversation going because just a back and forth conversation, girls know to answer questions as an adult will like it. Remember, they've been on display since they were in pigtails. They know how to give you answers based on what society said that they should look, sound, be, and do. So this is why I like the illustration because that part, media and corporate world has not infiltrated yet. We still have that innocence with our child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's great. All right. So again, your book is called What's Getting Into My Daughter? Seven Golden Rules for Helping Her Thrive Through the New Challenges of Young Womanhood. And so how could people get in touch with you? Yes, just through the website, whatsgettingintomydaughter.com. There is a form there that you can message me. I do read every message that comes through. And that would be the best way to get in touch with me with any questions that you may have. Okay. Well, this has been so amazing and great and rich for the people listening. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure here with you on this podcast. Colleen, you've done such a great job disseminating very important information to parents. And your podcast is just such a rich resource for today's generation. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. Yes. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You, You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.